thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Here's Sam Simmons. So I just had a, uh, it's episode 20 by the way. It's episode 20. I didn't think I could do it mentally in my head to get to 20, but it's just a number. It's just a little num num. Um, sorry, I just ate a, oh goodness, I had a, a dal for breakfast, which is, um, I'm sure you all know what dal is. Uh, it's a lentil, like a, an Indian lentil thing. Um, like a soup or a stew, depending on how thick you make it. Um, and I make a very good dal. I um, I kind of dry roast the mustard seeds beforehand. and Anyway, it's, it's quite a complex thing. But I put an orange scotch bonnet. Orange scotch bonnet! That should be a song um, in there. And my God, um, it's steeped in there overnight. And I just had some then. Because I don't really like... I don't, I don't like your traditional breakfasts. But anyway... And, um, yeah, my God, was it hot. And I'm still hurting. I still hurty. Um, I hope... How are you going? You good? I hope you're good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've had a fall. I fell over. I had a boozy day. Um, you know, nothing problematic, but a little bit, you know, anyway. I, I think I've had a breakthrough anyway. So I think I'm going into a good place and I'm quite excited. I've had some uh, obstacles this uh, past couple of weeks. Which you probably would have picked up on in the last podcast. A, th- a few people have reached out like, yeah, okay, rah, rah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was. But I, I do believe I honestly was uh, spiked, um, drink spiked at that pub. And I think it took me a few days to get over it. So I was just like, oh. anyway, so I'm back, I'm back. But I think I've had a breakthrough with, um, and I don't want to, I'm so sick of people talking about mental health, but it is, it really is a thing. Like, God damn it, people get sad. And I got sad. And I think that what I have to do with my head, and I'm not advising this for anyone, but I need to go to war with my thoughts. Does that make sense? Like, some of my thoughts are so negative that I, I now realise that I just need to just... Just pull it back, mate. Just pull it... Just I have to punch on with my thoughts, which sounds really, um, like, violent in a way. Like, internally violent. But it kind of... I think it works for me. Like, I will try to convince myself that there's not a problem here. This is all in your head, mate. You, you are becoming your worst enemy. There are thoughts and things out there in the universe that are problematic for me, but I am causing the problems by overthinking stuff in my little face hole. So yeah, anyway, so I now have to fight them off. I fight my own demons off. And I mean, I think I've worked it out. I've also started because it was my birthday on Sunday. So you always have thoughts around your birthday and you're like, oh God, 46, what? And you go, oh, really? You're 46, are ya? Um, so yeah, I, I, you have those thoughts and what I did, I mean, I'm not really into new year's resolutions and all that stuff, but I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing something and I'm not the most physical of people, but I did on two days in a row now, I'll try and keep it up. I have driven the car down to the beach at 4.30 AM and I've thrown myself in a rock pool. Um, so deep, that kind of, not even that Wim Hof stuff, which is all about breathing and stuff, which I know is meant to be good, but I've been throwing myself into a rock pool, into the deep, not really cold water at the moment. It's quite lovely, but it's still quite a shock to the old system. Um, I've been doing that and I, uh, and, and, and if I can, I do some, um, some soft sand running like a real bloody Iron Man, like a little Trevor Hendy. Look at him. But what happened to the Iron Man series? I used to love that. 
It was always on a Sunday afternoon. The Uncle Toby's Iron Men. It was Grant Kenny. Uh, Trevor Handy. There was another guy. There was a Guy Leach. Oh, he was hot. He was a really sexy Iron Man. Um, bring back the Iron Man. That was great nourishing television. That was good for you. Bloody good for you, mate. Bloody good Australian. Just jumping into water. Um, anyway, oh God, speaking of bloody um, good Australians, what what on earth happened in Melbourne last weekend? Oh my good Nazis! Nazis! I mean, I know that there's a problem, and I know they're out there, but what on earth is... I'm not even going to go into the issues of what it was all about and um, let women speak and um, trans rights. and it, it was just, I mean, it was just a schmozzle. Um, you've got people, basically two people on the left that really are in the kind of a similar boat. And then you've got these bloody Nazis that rock up. They're right on the other side, but they're joining in with someone on the left faction as well. This is just not right. And I know there was like fights last night in Sydney, um, out the front of um, dickhead Mark Latham's. Anyway, I'm not a political person. I'm not a political... But Nazis! What are you doing? God, I can tell you something about um, Adolf Hitler, by the way. This is for free. They um, found his dental records. Um, and apparently... So he's a vegetarian. And But, but when they looked at his dental records, and looked, they found you know that his teeth and rah, rah, and they looked at them. He had severe, severe gingivitis and terrible... Terrible tooth decay, like very poor dental hygiene. I tell you what, the more I hear about that Adolf Hitler, the less I like. That's not my joke, by the way. I think that's Rich Hall's joke, who's a great um, American, a fantastic comedian, actually. I love him so much. He is purportedly, um, I know him. He's a friend. I, I would call him a friend, by the way. He likes he likes what I do, because it's weird. Um Anyway, I'm gloating, but uh, yeah, he's he's a wonderful comedian, very very funny. But uh, yeah, and he's purportedly purportedly. Anyway, um, I'll call it Chili Brain. He uh, is the Mo Mo, the bartender from The Simpsons, is based on him. That's what people say, um, and I, I, I believe it because they're really really similar. They've kind of like ripped off his vibe and made Mo the barman, which is great. I mean, I hope you, I don't think he got paid for it, but anyway. Um, so I had a lovely birthday. We had a long lunch. Um, at a great pub. If you are in Sydney, go to the Old Fitz. It's uh, it's where they, they've got theatre that plays there as well. But the pub, um, the the menu, it's really good. And it's it's affordable and really it feels a bit you know juicy and lovely. It was a really lovely day. So we had that, and my partner bought me a a really cool beach towel and a book, um, Sapiens or Sapien by, I, I think it's Gabor, it might not be Gabor Mate, but it's someone. It's one of those books you need to read to make your brain more good. So I've been trying to do that. Um, and just trying to do things in moderation. So just like not punishing myself about life in general. And anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, we went to couples therapy last week. Because <laughs> there's been, there has been some issues. There's been issues because I, I really need to sort my life out. I am a... You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a celebrated comedian, um, but there's not that much opportunity for you know someone that looks like me. Even though I'm Danish Aboriginal Nova Scotian, there's not a lot of opportunity for me out there in terms of casting and uh, doing stuff. Even like you know, I'd love to go back to the U UK and do some panel shows. I'd love to do Cat's Countdown again and see how it feels without Sean Locke. I imagine sad, but I have done a few episodes uh, over there without him, and they were great. Um, but yeah, I need to reef, you know, reconfigure my life and think about what I want to do. So I'm applying for all sorts of jobs at the moment, which is really interesting. All varied as well. Like in, like I was thinking maybe for a couple of days a week I could be a postie. So I was looking at that, and I was looking at just to get me out of the house because I realised that I, I 
it's a very solitary pursuit being a clown and I need to be not surrounded by other clowns because there's an element of fucking narcissism going on there. I just want to be out there and just doing stuff and interacting with people. And I was going to say normal people. They're not normal people, just people. Just I just want to be out there um, interacting with people and doing something. And I know I can volunteer and all that stuff, and I will, but I would like to find work as well and feel like I'm doing something. So that's what I'm doing at the moment is cover letters and um, bloody budgeting because, you know, money's, top, money's too tight to mention. Um, all that stuff as well. It's really, because it's hard in the arts. You, you do a gig and you don't get paid for months. Um, it's not like, you know, going off and doing a job. So that's just, it's just the, I mean, I've, I've known this life for, you know, maybe nearly 20 years. I did have a job, not a job interview the other morning, but a kind of an interview creatively. And I just think I was, I think I just, the vibe from me was, I think that they maybe thought I was shit. So that, I mean, that, that kind of like, it punches you in the guts and you walk away from that and you think, oh, am I relevant? Um, yeah, I did feel a little bit shit after that, but that's okay. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but you know, that's, uh, that's what we do. We, we, we do what we overthink things. Anyway, I'll get into couples therapy soon because it was really, really funny. Um, I should play you something here now. How long have this been going for? I like to break it up so you don't get all, put something funny in early. Um, yeah, the person I met with had listened to my podcast as well and didn't really, <laughs> I think, I, I think they didn't like it, which is, you know, that's all right. It's, uh. It's an acquired taste. It's niche. This is a niche podcast. It's me updating you about my my head, my heart, my hopes, my dreams. And in between, I'll do some silly things and then we deep dive a weird topic. Um, this one's a great one this week. I'm doing lisps. Uh, primarily the Catalan lisp. So uh, hang out for that one. In the meantime, I don't know what we're going to play here, uh, but get into this. It's a bit sad, it's a little bit sad Did you get really sad? Cause you shouldn't get sad If you did get sad, well I think that's pretty bad Some people might think that you might be a bad sad Alright, this is from a live show many years ago Come boys, come here Oh mate Simmons, what are you doing out there mate? What? You're all over the bloody shop. No, I'm not. You need to focus, Mon Frere. Because okay. at the end of the day, when the cows come home, you've got to give it 110%. Right. You're out there like some kind of horny princess with a bloody ice cream bucket on your head. Shut up. Like a bloody gypsy banging a free tambourine on a Chinese Wednesday. That doesn't even make any sense. You can do this, Charisse. Who? Look at you. What? Head's like half a bloody orange. What? Isn't it? Isn't it? No. Remember shirt circles, as they say, touch a crumpet, stroke a sandal. No one ever says that. Fold a blanket, turn a handle. This is not real. Oh, what's wrong with you? Huh? Too good, are ya? No. Half a Monaco bar up your ass or something? No! Look at you. Head full of dreams and a pocket full of leftover bits of old naked lady magazines, yeah? Oh. You like chops? Yeah, I like chops. You like chops? I like chops, I said. Good. Go to the fridge. Yeah. Grab a cold chop. Okay. Sit down, have a think. Yeah. Chew the chop. You know what I mean? You know, actually... I think I do know what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? What? Chew the chop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chew the chop. Okay. You know what I mean? I think so. Chew the chop. Chew the chop. I hope that was something that you liked. 
And if it wasn't, I'm really sorry. So we went to couples therapy and uh, it was really, it wasn't fun. It was just what it is. Because look, this is what happened. I had a fall over. I, on the, on Oscar's day, I, ah, jeez. I live in close proximity to a bottle shop. And I started watching the Oscars, the Oscars and I was like, and by the time Kihai Kwan got up there and uh, did his speech and cried, I was like, I was getting emotional. I don't know why. And I was like, oh, bloody, you, you should have a champagne. So I went over the road and I grabbed some grog and I got really drunk. And my, my, then my partner came home later that um, afternoon, early evening. She's like, what have you done? Thinking I'd like slip down a, a sad hole again, um, having a sad episode. But I wasn't. I was just uh, being irresponsible and just being like, you know what? I just want to be a little bit out of my own head at the moment, um, which sounds, you know, like it is problematic, but it's not. I've been a really good boy for um, a year, pretty much. Um, so I had a little fall over, um, which led straight to couples therapy, right within two days. Right, off you go. Your head's broken again, which is not. It's just not. It's just, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I have to do these things and I understand it. And we went off to couples therapy and she was fantastic, by the way. Really, really, uh, I didn't really enjoy it. It felt like pretty much, uh, I think I'd built up in my head that we didn't need to be there, but we did. It's all about having conversations with each other and listening, pro just basic stuff like being human. Um, but the best thing about it was, uh, where it was, <laughs> the office where it was held was in a place in Leichhardt in Sydney called the Italian Forum. And I'd always driven past it and never really thought about it. It just says the Italian Forum. But when you go inside, it's like a recreation or a recreation of Rome. But not really. Like a really kind of badly, badly built 1980s or like early 1990s kind of like town square in Rome. So it's got like some Spanish steps there. Conceptually, it's a brilliant idea because I think the way we live, uh, especially in Australia, is very confined. Like you've got, you know, your house, there's your fence, there's your neighbour, there's a fence, there's your neighbour, there's a fence. And, you know, it's all squared in. It's not really a communal kind of vibe that you get in Europe, which I love. I think it's a fantastic way to live. Um, I mean, you get it in apartments, but then again, there's also like, you know, the shared spaces are weird. The hallways are quite, you know, short and dense and you don't want to know your neighbor and all that type of stuff. But I guess when you're a Southern European and you're living outdoors and the space is there and you put a fountain in the middle to cool down, uh, in the summer and you sit out there and you shell peas and the kids run around and you sit on the Spanish steps. It was just like, it was a really, um, it looked shoddy, like the whole experience at the Italian forum, forum, like not very well made, bit dodge. But the actual layout, I was like, this is a brilliant, brilliant idea. I'd, I'd love to see more of that. No, I mean, I'm talking communal living like swingers. And, you know, we're all living in a commune and like, oh, hang on, buddy, Trevor's popped over. Trevor Handy. Um, but I like the idea of uh, that more communal kind of atmosphere and sharing a space and uh, getting to... No, not always getting to know your neighbours. I've got an absolute fucking asshole of a neighbour, I'll just say. Um, uh, by the way, I've just, we've got a new neighbor moved in. Fantastic. Um, really, really, anyway, I shouldn't, I'm giving away too much. We've had issues in the hallways about the sign, um, where you walk in and, you know, it used to be up there, like just a banner, like across the hallway saying quiet in the hallways, which is, you know, it's a bit aggressive, like we know to be respectful. Um, and then I, someone ripped it down and put up one that said, have a lovely day. Now to go back, what I did a few months ago on the quiet in the hallway sign, I just taped over the top of it and wrote kindness in the hallways, um, which really antagonized one of the neighbors. And then I wrote joy de voir in the hallways and that antagonized them even more. So the other day when someone ripped down the whole sign and replaced it with a have a lovely day, 
um, said neighbour thought it was me and had a go at me. And I was like, well, no, I thought it was you because I, I was really, you know, happy you put it up. But I don't think it was. Anyway, just kerfuffles. Bloody kerfuffles. I don't know. I mean, it's not at a current affair level. But, um, yeah, there's been... Some, there's been you know, we could be kinder. We could be kinder and nicer to each other, just in general. Do you know what I mean? Like, just in bloody general. Sam kissed a framed picture of his all-time favourite real estate agent three times before bed, every night. I hope there's a good payoff to this a bit later on. There's not. Anton and Bruce were playing a game of what's your favourite thing? Okay, favourite cuisine on the count of three. Cuisine? Yeah, you know, favourite type of food. Okay. Here we go, on the count of three. One, two, three. Italian. Peruvian. Peruvian? Yeah. Righto, let's go again. Okay, favourite bird on the count of three. Bird. One, two, three. Partridge. Ostrich. Oh, they've both got tridge in them. <laughs> yeah, they do both have tridge in their name. Okay, favourite dog on the count of three. One, two, three. Chihuahua. Brown. Brown? Yeah. Ah, nearly. Favourite TV series of all time. One, two, three. Game of Thrones. McLeod's Daughters. McLeod's Daughters? Yeah. Okay, favourite colour on the Dulux paint colour chart. What? You know, top shade of paint on the Dulux paint colour chart. Okay. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Mission Brown. Tin Lizzie. Tin Lizzie? Yeah. That's not a paint colour. Yes, it is one. Okay, favourite sexual position with a woman over the age of 46. Fave sex posse with a woman over the age of 46. All right. One, two, three. The Butter Crumpet. Oh, same. All right. All-time favourite deodorant. Let's do this. All right. One, two, three. Rick's Lynx Sport. Africa. Did a Lynx Africa Lynx joke. Lynx Africa? Yeah, I did a Lynx Africa joke, which is very dated. Get out. Stop it. Fiona had a brand new man in her life. His name was Chad. And Chad wore a shark tooth necklace. Uh, it's uh, it's an election day on Saturday in uh, in New South Wales, so I have volunteered my time at the PNC Fate. Um, so he got to bake some cupcakes on Friday to then sell for the PNC committee on Saturday um, at my my kids my little girl's school. So I'll be bloody doing sausages in bread and all that type of stuff. Really fun. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not desperately lonely, but I'm a very lonely individual. That's why Daddy needs a job. I need a job. I need a job. It's really strange because, like, my, my CV is just so weird. Um, I think growing up, uh, having a problematic childhood just led me into bad places with uh, with drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. So I pretty much spent my 20s medicating, um, self-medicating. And I did have a wonderful job back then, though. I had two. One was in hospitality, working in a place called Greasy Joe's in St Kilda, which was a, an amazing place to work. And I think built my stand-up career in a way and built my comedy because I was able to perform in this 
in this cafe. It was like it was just it was a greasy spoon. If you don't know what that uh, what it is, it's just like a a really fun kind of like it was very Australian, but kind of had that Americana feel, but without that recreation kind of bullshit. You know, like you know when you go everywhere and it was, everyone's eating smoked ribs. It was about five years ago. We had a fascination with like bloody barbecuing all this shit. It was like that, but without that bullshit. It was just really good, you know, uh, basic burgers. It had it was like one of those places that you just don't see very much anymore that just did a few things very well. So you had your basic pastas on there, a spag bog, and the kids would always love it. There's a lasagna, um, hamburgers, but they were really good burgers. Like you know, there's beetroot, pineapple. The breakfasts were, uh, were fantastic and a couple of specials. Maybe it was a chicken curry, but like a very westernized one. And this was like back in the 90s. It was a fantastic place. It was always rock and roll playing. I'd always play like really weird electro stuff like Stereo Lab and piss off the customers. But it was a wonderful place to work. Then I found myself working, um, well, I got an amazing job at the Melbourne Zoo where I was uh, taking visitors around the zoo and showing them um, animals and creating experiences for them and learning all about elephants, doing zoo snooze and roar and snores, having kids come and camp overnight. And we'd go out with like spotlight, red spotlights and go look at uh, different animals. Um, it was just, it was an amazing, amazing job. And I was, this was the, the sliding doors moment in my life. So I'd often be stood in the elephant paddock because one of the elephants, it was Bong Su. Yes, it was Bong Su, the big male elephant. He had a lot of foot trouble. This, this sounds like a made up story, but it's not. So they always did a lot of footwork with him um, behind the scenes. When I say, like, you know, about backstage, basically. So he was off display, and people would get to the zoo and they'd be a little bit shitty going, Oh, we want to see Bong Su. And uh, instead of it'd be me, and I'd be like, you know, dressed in my full keeper's outfit out in the paddock raking up and I'd have a headset microphone on and I'd start talking to the general public about elephants. That was my job. Um, and I, you know, I'd just slip little jokes in there and stuff and I'd pull apart an elephant poo and um, I'd pretend my car keys were in it and stuff like that. Anyway, really funny. Um, and it was a sliding doors moment because I was going to go into full-time keeping. Uh, I'd been asked by the keepers because it's a really, it's a beautiful world. Um, when, when you're an animal carer, it's something bigger than yourself because you're caring for something that can't really care for itself. I mean, if it was in the wild, yes, but they're in zoos. And if you're going to get shitty at me about zoos, zoos are actually necessary because people are, like humans are fucked up. They are like landlocked arcs, like Noah's Ark, if it was real, they're landlocked, they're there, and we're preserving species within the zoos because their um, environments outside the zoos are threatened. Anyway, so I, uh, yeah, I was going to go work at... Um, at Melbourne Zoo, I was going to work with elephants and seals. I was going to fly to the Cocos Islands and work with uh, the street elephants that were coming over from Thailand. They're in quarantine there. But the thing was, at the same time, concurrently, I was starting to perform and do stand-up comedy. And then, yeah, things went really, really well. And I got a job at Triple J. And I was just like, oh my God, do I join the zoo or do I join the circus? And I chose the circus and I don't have any regrets. I've had a stunning career like in all this stuff that's happened and it's been amazing and made tv shows and met extraordinary people um but yeah i do look back on those days and go oh i wonder what it'd be like now if i would just remain a keeper um would i've gone into curating at the zoo and matchmaking sumatran tigers and all this wonderful stuff so yeah it's an interesting place to be after your birthday to sit here and think geez what am i going to do now like i'm always going to perform i'm always going to be a clown but what can I do next? So I'm, I'm looking at all sorts of stuff like TV production and 
I would love to get into writing rooms, but they're just full of the same writers. In Australia, it's a real bloody club. Just knock it on the door. Hello, can I come in? No, you can't come in here. We write all the TV shows. We're the same nine people. Anyway, that's just me being a bitch, but it's true. It's very, very hard to get into. So I'm uh, exploring all options and trying to do it quite zen-like. You never know. You never know where I'm going to end up. I mean, uh, I don't think I'm going back to hospitality, but I will be somewhere doing something and you'll be like, fuck, is that Sam Simmons? And then someone will be like, nah, I don't think so. It probably is. It's probably going to be me. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to play... Should I play something else now? Do you know I've had in my head all week? The Razamataz advert. Uh-oh, Razamataz. I'm going to play it right now. I don't know why, but it's... Um, I, I did a, I looked into them all. Very sexist commercials, by the way. It's all about just perving on um, women in stockings. Or, um, well, w women in stockings. I mean, I don't know whether there was... Uh, I mean, there definitely would have been um, transitioning people back in the 80s. Anyway, what am I talking about? <laughs> I'm now, I'm covering myself just in case anything sounds like you're getting in trouble or saying the wrong thing, just in case. Because um, I know there's people listening. There's people listening. They're always listening. Um, anyway, this is the Razamataz advert I'm talking about. So I think that that one was like um, a lady walking past a painter on a ladder who drops his paint because he's trying to look up her skirt. He's literally upskirting her. Um, and that was fine. I think that was 1992 even. Not even that long ago. Is it not interesting this culture we are in now with such stuff? Like, you know, I, I mentioned before that Guy Leach, the, uh, the Iron Man, was a really attractive man. Like he was. He was a really good looking bloke. And... I don't know. Can you? Can you? Cause I, okay, here's a great example. Um, last Friday, I was waiting for school pickup, and I was sitting at the pub, which sounds wrong. It's not. I wasn't drinking. I was just having a buddy soda water. Don't judge me. Uh, since I got there early, it's a nice place to sit and do some writing. And there was a really pretty girl. Am I allowed to even say that? Are you allowed to even like mention that someone's attractive? And look, she just happened to be female. I don't want to start nothing here. Anyway, there's a very attractive girl and just like really pretty. And she was wearing um, a beret and she was reading Kurt Vonnegut. And that really pissed me off and it made her infinitely less attractive. <laughs> it's like, God, God, how many things do you need to bloody be pointing to here? Really, you're bloody bookish reading Kurt Vonnegut in a beret. Um, but anyway, what the hell was I talking about there? I was, yeah, can, can you? I mean, I, I would not then say to that person, hey, you look great. I, I guess you can say to someone, hey, you look great today. Like, that's a great look for you. You look awesome. There's nothing really wrong with that, really, is there? There's not, is there? Um, you can compliment someone, but I guess it's within boundaries now. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm talking about this girl in particular, yes, she had a, a, an as, uh, as, asymmetrical, a very, a, a very nice face. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But that's genetics. And, you know, she shouldn't really be applauded for that. But it was, I guess it was the whole look. Um, and I, look, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, um, the, I mean, the Vonnegut put me off, even though I know, I know it's really good to read Kurt Vonnegut. 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 
Um, anyway, it doesn't bloody matter. Uh, and then I, and so anyway, I stopped looking at her and I looked over and it was a man just eating a parmigiana and I just started watching him because I got paranoid because it, I'd looked at the girl and she looked at me and I think I made her feel uneasy. I wasn't leering at all. I just looked at her and I think I kind of smiled, um, just being friendly, but I guess that might be seen as predatory, but it wasn't predatory at all. It was just a smile. I'm at the pub, you're at the pub. Um, and I didn't want to talk about Kurt Vonnegut at all. I was more interested in the beret. Um, but yeah, then, then I looked across at a guy just devouring a parmigiana. And I was like, oh, I'll just look at him. Um, I like people watching. But I was also writing down stuff in my book, like taking notes and stuff. And But um, yeah, I mean, if you were to ask me, hey, what did you do last Friday afternoon? I'm like, oh, I just sat at the pub and watched a guy possibly called Neil eating a parmigiana. It was a, it was a great day out. Anyway, um... <laughs> oh, that was, uh, God, the paranoia, the paranoia of what's going on in this planet at the moment. Speaking of what's going on in this planet, what the, f what is, if you're not across, I mean, I don't want to be political. I just don't want to be, but I, I can't help but bring up stuff because it just feels strange at the moment with what's going on. I don't, I don't understand the submarine thing. So, I mean, I understand what submarines are. I know how they work. Um... And I do understand a nuclear submarine. It's like, okay, that makes sense. And I know that we're going to be probably moving to nuclear power a lot more in the future. And by the way, I don't understand what, why is electricity going up in price? But everyone's like, you've got to, everything's got to be more electric. I know it's environmental, but shouldn't there be something fixing? It doesn't matter. I, look, I don't know. I don't know the politics and I'm not ever going to get any, I've decided I'm against getting anyone on the podcast to talk to them. I don't want to talk to anyone. I'd rather just be in my own head, in my own little closed off world, in my own echo chamber, in my mind, trying to work these things out. I don't need buddy some expert in here, thanks very much, Josh Zepps. I don't need someone to tell me how to fucking think. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Yes, the, the submarines and stuff. I just, what I can't fathom, when I look at someone like, and if you're outside of the country here, basically what's happened is... Uh, Australia is a part of a thing called AUKUS, which is Australia, the UK and the US, and they're all bloody ganged up together because they're scared of China, uh, which is a bloody ridiculous. We're not going to get invaded. And I know someone's going to get angry out there. It's just not going to happen. It's just not. It's China's too far away. They could put some boats down there, but they can't get millions of boats down. It's just not. It's just not a thing. This is just ridiculous. There's also a lot of this land is arid. It's just ridiculous. And I know that the new war will be digital. It's not going to be physical. But anyway, it's all about Taiwan and silicon chips and bullshit. I just don't understand why we have to be involved. Why can't we be like Switzerland? And I know the Swiss bank just folded, but you know what I mean? Like a neutral, lovely country. I mean, I hope New Zealand don't get involved in this bullshit as well. I think if it all goes to shit, let's all just move to... All those good Australians, if it all goes to shit, we'll vacate this one and just go to New Zealand. We'll become New Zealanders. They're kind of like the better Australians anyway. Although I did do a lot of research on Maori culture uh, last week during my moments of just spending so many so so many hours alone during the day. Uh, I was really interested in their treaty, but it turned out it was a really bad thing that happened to them, that the, the, the treaties were written in English and one in Ma the Maori dialect, I guess. Um, or language, sorry, and but they were it was corrupt, and they didn't actually get proper uh, treaty. I think until the seventies, which you know, Indigenous Australia still not had. But 
Yeah, my God. Anyway, I didn't know about that. I thought that basically the Maori couldn't be conquered and the treaty happened and it's just been a real strength of Maori culture over there, but not so much. It's definitely um, improving and it's way ahead, leagues ahead of Australia. But anyway, um, all I'm saying... <clears throat> pardon me, that's a chilly again. All I'm saying is that uh, I, I don't... I don't understand why we can't just be this gentle, nice society that is peaceful and, and, and look, seeks... Re why would Albanese do that? I don't... And Penny Wong. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. They, they must have been... I mean, I know that Albanese was a radical lefty in his youth. How can he be... I mean, I know that people are going to go, there's things you don't know. There's stuff that's bubbling underneath. But war... I mean, war... Nuclear submarines. This cannot be the answer to this bullshit. That's uh, anyway. Oh, oh, razzmatazz. Anyway, um, I'm out of my depths speaking about this stuff, but you know, hey, at least I'm engaging on it in some kind of way because it does seem bloody bullshit to me. Anyhow, um, yeah. Hey, by the way, guys, please keep sending in letters and stuff. Please keep sending me emails. Sam Nisha's at gmail .com. Please keep sending me stuff i love it and uh, i am reading them all to the to the um to the guy who was talking about my basement that i fixed myself uh the flooding it's all okay man i did get a guy in and he uh told me what to do so i was i was run through what to do and look, look long story short it was a very small gap for a lot of water be to be going through that was eating the mortar on the side of the building and it ate out all the mortar and was coming in. So I learned how to fix that. So I've, I think I'm pretty sure I've done it. Um, but yeah, I will. I've got your details. So I will give you a call if uh, something does go wrong. But from what I can tell and what um, you know, other proper people, 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 plumbing people, I guess, or handy people, I don't even know what they are. Uh, I've done the right thing. So, um, but thank you very much. You're right, and you're right. And if you know, if you, if you, what the fuck am I doing now? I'm now giving out tips for bloody. If you do have a flooded basement, make sure you do ring a proper person. Get the right, get it, talk to it. This is uh, this is so funny. My um, brother-in-law, he's he's beautiful. He's such a kind, beautiful fella. But he's a real mummy's boy. <laughs> It's so mean to say, but he's, oh, my, my mother-in-law is the loveliest lady. She's so gentle and kind, but she loves, oh, she loves her baby. I'm going to call him baby poo-poo. He's your baby, my baby poo-poo. Even though like, you know, it's a 38 year old man. It's just the adoration she has for him. But I remember there was some advice that she gave for him when he was going overseas in his early thirties. So this is an early, a full grown man in his early thirties. And his his mother's like parting words was, "If you get lost, so this is this is maybe in London or so, you know an English speaking nation or Rome. If you get lost, just make sure you look for an official looking man. <laughs> How cute's that? And I'm I'm sure he's such a sweet guy. He would have gone being like, oh, I will, Mum. Just look for an official looking man uh, and go up to him and go, excuse me, I'm lost. My name's Poopy, and I'm lost. I'm a long way from home." Um, anyway, he's, he's gorgeous. I love, I, I, I love that story. It's not really a story. It's just a, it's a memory. It's a bloody memory in it. Uh, I played, uh, $18 for a, uh, a simulated McMuffin, uh, the other day. $18? I'm still in shock. So I went to a cafe that is like a diner and it's doing like Americana stuff. And I don't remember it being this much. I'm not really one for, you know, dirty big breakfasts or 
you know, my, my palate's getting simpler the older I get. Um, anyway, so I remember having this amazing recreated McMuffin there. It was like a sausage and egg McMuffin, but like homemade and everything was homemade. And it was amazing. And I was like, geez, I really feel like this. This was after the um, the incident where I got drunk uh, watching the Oscars. And I was like, you deserve it. You bloody, you don't deserve it. You've been naughty, but you deserve a, um, a, sausage, a recreated sausage and egg McMuffin. A fucking hipster-fied sausage and egg McMuffin. And I went and got it. 18 bucks. 18. That's a lot. Am I, am I mad? Because it was the size of a McMuffin. 18. I mean, I know the cost of living and all that type of stuff. Gee, it's pinching, isn't it? You can really feel it now. There's bloody... There's a lack of money out there. I can't believe you guys are still helping me on Patreon. It's so goddamn kind of you. It actually... It all really helps. I'm not living the life of Riley here. Who is Riley? That's another deep dive. Living the life of Riley. We'll look that up at some point. You know, I get by. And it's... I have to bank and squirrel and keep stuff in there because I know that there's stuff coming up. But, um, yeah, thank you to... <gasps> Oh, sorry, hiccup again. Um, thanks to everyone on Patreon. It's really, really, really... Oh. <gasps> I've got hiccups now, guys. Hopefully that will be it. If it happens again, I'll, I'll turn it off. But anyway, um, yeah, thank you for helping me out if you can afford it. Because, uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah, you can, feel, you can feel it. What did I see the other day that was crazy as well? There was something else. Oh, ginger! That might be like more to do with the environment. Um, oh, my God, that, in, that news the other day was bad, wasn't it? Sheesh, the ISS? No, that's the International Space Station. That guy that said we've got to move now, 1.5 global warming. Um, yeah, anyway, it's scary. Uh, and also I learned about the doomsday. Don't look up this if you're feeling a little bit down in the, in, in the dumps. Um, maybe prepare yourself for this, but look up the doomsday iceberg in Antarctica. Sheesh. That's some bloody... That's a horror film right there, I can tell you. It's a bloody horror film in your fridge in the ice cube tray, mate. Um... Anyway, what was I talking about? Yeah, it's the price of stuff. Yes, ginger. Good Lord, that might and that might be environmental or something, or just the ginger's just out of season or something at the moment. But I've got a knob of... Because I like... It's actually, that's a nice way to describe it, isn't it? Because it is... That's what you say, a, a knob of ginger. You don't say a finger of ginger. You have a ginger... Can I have a one finger of ginger, please? You have a knob of ginger. So you break off a knob. Anyway, um, so I took my knob uh, to the counter and I paid for it. And then I, I was like, geez, that was expensive, that shopping trip. And I looked at it. And it was saying like $16 for a knob of ginger. A knob! <laughs> yeah, it's pinching. It's bloody pinching. Okay, I'm going to get ready for the deep dive. Uh, I'll be back with you after this. Carbon wank. Really big dickhead. Um, actually, before we deep dive, uh, bumper bars. Just a thought. They're for bumping. That's what they're for. They're bumper bars. They're for bumping. Unless you're in a Tesla and it's got that... It doesn't really have a bumper bar. It's just got that... Like a white... It's, the car's longer. And there's no bumper area there. Put bumper bars back. We bump. You know, we're in like, you know... So I live in an area that's got uh, limited parking. I travel through very narrow streets. You're going to bump. There's going to be little bumps. And not, not to the point where you need to leave a note because it's not even a scuff. It's just the bumper bumps. It's a bumper for bumping. That's what bumper bars are for. If you back into a car... Like, severely, that's different. You've dented it or you've done something to the bumper. But if you touch the bumper, that's the bump. That's what the bumper bar is for. Bumper bars are for bumps. Anyway, I just thought I'd put that out there as a, uh, as a, as a service announcement for you all. Bumper bars are for bumping. I put out my little uh, video about sloths 
Oh, sorry, no slow lorises last week. And uh, a few people looked at it. No, no one's that really in, uh, interested. But I'm going to keep doing it. So I'm going to do tapirs uh, directly after this podcast. So if you want to know about tapirs, uh, check it out on Instagram. Tapirs with Sam Simmons. It's everything you wanted to know about animals in one minute. Uh, what else are we going to tell you here? Oh, that's right. Yes, sorry. Um, I am going to do... I'm going to do... I was inspired by... I did have this, that meeting the other day. And I was inspired. Uh, I've been wanting to pitch a podcast for kids. And I am going to do one. And it's going to be called Rollover Pavlova. So it's Rollover Pavlova. It's basically to, to help get... Because all the like, putting kids to sleep stories and stuff, they're really... They're very bad. I think they're very poorly done. So I'm just going to start doing them myself. So it's called Rollover Pavlova. If you've got little ones, I'm talking between three to seven... Um, this might be your bag. It's rollover pavlova. I'm going to get onto it soon. I know I talk a lot about getting onto it. By the way, the fucking tea towels are still not here. And th- I'm not, I'm not just bloody baiting you with tea towels here. This is extraordinary. Um, mind you, it's because I got the, the cheapest ones I could. So yeah, they're, they're, I don't know how they're getting here on camelback, um, from Malaysia. Anyway, uh, and I, I, I'm sorry if they're sweatshop ones. They're probably sweatshop ones. There's probably some got some person some poor, some poor child is sweat shopping my face onto a tea towel right now in Southeast Asia uh, for for all my Patreon subscribers. But um, they are I don't know where they are. They're bloody coming. I can't even track it. There's no tracker. Anyway, they are coming. You'll get them in the mail at some point, buddy. No one's getting shitty about it, so that's nice. You're not hassling me about it. Um, and it's not a jip. It's not a scam. It's just I'm waiting for my cheap tea towels, right? Uh, what was I, I was going to tell you something really good. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, I've done it already. Roll over, have over. There you go. I have stuff in my head. I'm bloody, I'm busy up top. My, my, head, my little head hole gets all hot. Uh... All right, it's this week's deep dive. It's the Catalan or Castilian lisp, uh, which is basically, okay, so I'm going to try and say the sound. So a persistent urban legend claims that the prevalence of the sound in Spanish, so chorizo, you know, we say chorizo, people say chorizo, but it's actually chorizo, okay? That this can be traced to a Spanish king who spoke with a lisp. How cool is this? This is cool. So, before I start reading stuff, what this urban um, myth would be about, or urban legend, urban legend, because we don't know, whether, they can't prove whether it's true or not. Spoiler alert. But anyway, so basically there was a Spanish king who couldn't say chorizo or chorizo, he go, chorizo. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, that is the way you have to say it because they were scared of the king. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so... Someone Because it it's basically a speech impediment. I've got a slight lisp. The reason why I've deep-dived this is because someone said, I have a cute lisp. Um, they sent me an email to my... Uh, sent me an email to my email, samnichesquiche at gmail.com, samnichesquiche at gmail.com, uh, which someone else also pointed out that it's a really good email to have because it really weeds out the idiots because it's a hard thing to try to... <laughs> To try to spell all in one, samnichesquiche at gmail.com. It is, it really is prohibitive. This, I mean, I understand why I had that meeting the other day about a job working in audio, like making things that, you know, <laughs> to think for, the, for a minute, like, yeah, maybe this guy's not the guy. <laughs> He's not very broad. And I get it, I'm not. It is niche. I'm a niche person. I'm niche to like, niche to love, niche to fucking whatever. Anyway, so I like that this king uh, had a lisp. <laughs> couldn't say chorizo and also like Barcelona <laughs> it's really funny no you come from Barcelona off with his head Barcelona 
Uh, anyway, so here we go. So, uh, his, his pronunciation spread by prestige, borrowing to the rest of the population. This myth, it says myth, has been discredited by scholars. Lundberg, 1947, traces the origins of the legend to a chronicle of Piero Lopez de Ayala, which says that Peter of Castile lisped a little. Or, chechechaba un poco. Chechechaba un poco. However... Um, Peter, however, Peter reigned in the 14th century and the sound th began to develop in the 16th century. That could still happen. So this, oh, hang on, they have disproved it. Sorry. Oh, that's really annoying. It's a great idea, though. Anyway, moreover, a true lisp would not give rise to a systematic distinction between S and th. That characterizes standard uh, peninsular pronunciation. For example, a lisp would leave to, uh, lead one to pronounce siento, or I feel, and siento. Ciento, hundred, as the same as ciento. What? Whereas in standard peninsular Spanish, they are pronounced ciento and ciento. For native speakers of Cecio varieties in which th is absent, I mean, maybe it's a cat thing. Catalan. <gasps> it's from Catalan, isn't it? Cats? <laughs> you know when a cat hits? Anyway, cat hits. Um, in speakers of European... It's, it's, look, this is stuff, because I know that like if I go... When I see a cat on the street, I go, but when I saw a cat in Cuba and I did that, that was apparently offensive to women because it was like, I guess that's cat calling, isn't it? Oh my God. Or wolf whistling. Hang on a minute. What have I stumbled into here? So a cat call is something you do to a woman. Um, um, I think that's a cat call, but... When I want to coax it, oh, see, I'm really skillful with cats. I know this sounds really wrong. I'm less skillful with women, very skillful with cats. And I can lure cats out by doing this little bird noise, like, and I look at them, and you uh, you have to slowly blink at the cat. Don't leave your eyes wide open, slowly blink, and that's kind of like submitting to the cat, and I'll come out and talk to you. Not all cats, but most cats. I'm a cat whisperer. Um, anyway, I've always said that, like, you know, if it all goes to shit and there's an apocalypse, I could always. Um, like hunt cats and lure them onto the fire and we shall feast on cat meat. Um, anyway, so yeah, what was I talking about? So the cat call, meow, that's a cat call to a woman um, and a wolf whistle and Catalan and uh, is kind of like the response from a woman to being cat called. Like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. It doesn't matter. Let's keep going. For native speakers of Ciccio varieties in which is absent, the presence of this phenomenon uh, in speakers of European Spanish does not appear strange. However, learners of Spanish in North America, where people are more familiar with Ciseo pronunciation, which I guess is the uh, Mexican version of, may misinterpret it as lisping. The misnomer Castilian lisp, which I imagine Castilian, does that come from Catalan? Oh, probably not. Uh, is used occasionally to refer to this aspect of peninsular pronunciation in both distinction and Ciseo varieties. Historical evolution. In the 15th century, Spanish had developed a large number of sibilant phenomes. Phenomes? Phenonyms. Phenomenes. Uh, seven by... Anyway, that's all boring stuff, isn't it? Oh, no, it gets really yeah, intensely deep there. But the lisp is really interesting as well, because I, there was a... Um, I think there was a... There was a documentary a few years ago. I think it was called The Gay Voice. I should probably, like, before like someone gets really angry at me, um, I'm just going to quickly double-check that. I'm glad I checked that. It's called Do I Sound Gay? Um, which is a much catchier title than The Gay Voice. <laughs> anyway, so it's a great documentary about uh, talking to a whole lot of gay men all over the world as to why they lisp. And it ended up being like more like a... 
you're 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 joining a group and it was a comfort amongst your peers to kind of speak the same way and uh, it's a similar way that like you know if you grow up in the suburbs and you have like an Adelaide accent or um, if you grow up in Kent or you grow up in Boston and everything's wicked hard it's a similar thing and you maybe you learn to adapt that voice or that affectation um to fit in which makes complete sense um it's it's a really great documentary by the way it is it, it is yeah do i sound gay which is yeah fair enough. which is also like really offensive because snagglepuss i don't know if you remember snagglepuss from hannah barbera cartoons who was a gay stage cat i'm assuming he was gay i'm assuming i've probably got it wrong but he was um he was a pink stage cat <laughs> definitely called snagglepuss exit stage left even um and he was really I, mean, I loved him he was one of my favorite characters uh, uh cartoon characters growing up i've always liked the camp characters like skeletor so gay like such a <laughs> get you he man um i don't do voices very well but yeah always, i've really yeah I, I, sinister sinister characters uh always it was just problematic as well portrayed as being gay um, is a problem, but yeah, Skeletor was a really great, well, great villain. What a fantastic villain! Um, Snagglepuss, less of a villain, but just very camp at the same time. I don't. Where the hell have I gone with this? Sheesh, lisps. Anyway, it's just because someone um, emailed in and said, "Hey, you've got a cute lisp. Thank you." So I had to. God damn it! That was a bloody loud truck. Um, I had to look this up very quickly because I, uh, I just wrote, I scrolled down Riley and I was like, why do they do that? Anyway, so the living the life of Riley, the origin, uh, the terms of living the life of Riley is an American phrase. It first appeared in the early 1900s. There is some suggestion that the idea of a gentleman named Mr. Riley enjoying a luxurious, easy life is suggested in several earlier vaudeville songs, though the phrase living the life of Riley appears slightly later. Well, who's Riley? That's, that's not an answer, is it? It means they have a happy life with little to no consequences or worries. Uh, the idiomatic expression may be associated with uh, luxury in general. But it's still not an answer. Who's Riley? Riley who? Anyway, I don't think we need to find out that one, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, hey, well, there you go. That was episode 20. Episode 20. Hopefully I'll have um, work news soon. Oh, I've got an extra show on sale in Melbourne. I think it's just, 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 just been announced right Yes, it is. It is on sale. There you go. That's awesome. So I've got another show happening in Melbourne at the Comedy Theatre. So that will be... It's going to be a hard one, though. It's on a Sunday night at 9 o'clock. I hope it's a public holiday the next day. I don't know how I'm going to get a 1,000 people in at Sunday night at 9 o'clock. But um, thank you, everyone who's bought tickets. That's that's super, super amazing. Um, considering I'm an old man who can't get on the box. Um, yeah, that's bloody... How good's that? For me, anyway. Um, it alleviates some financial... Well, mind you, it probably won't if I don't bloody sell some tickets to it. So, yeah, Sunday night, uh, 9 o'clock. I think it's the 16th of uh, April. So, yeah, just... Oh, sheesh, less than a month away. God, Dad's got to get on this. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's that's on sale now. If you haven't got a ticket yet in Melbourne, get on to it. Also, Perth is on sale too. Thanks so much. Ah, oh, this, this has been a nice one to do because I did fall over it last week. So I'm really happy I was able to you know, send this out there and good vibes to you. I hope you're all doing well. Please, please send me a message if you want to about anything in your life. I'm here. I'm not like full on stuff, but I'm here and I'm listening. I'm here for you. 
I'm, this podcast is for you. It's, it's Actually, it's for me as well. I love to do it. So, um, yeah, look, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And I will speak to you next week. I don't know what day I'm going to put out the podcast, by the way. It's just, it's mood, it's mood based. It's going to come weekly. I just don't know when all the time because sometimes I'll be like, ah, I'm in a bad mood. Like, and I've got to be able to fight off those moods. But anyway, if there's one thing I've learned in the last week. It's how to battle with myself to force the bad thoughts out. Do you know what I mean? Like, filling yourself with better thoughts than bad thoughts or learning how to deal with them to push them aside and go, no, go away, you. You don't need to be here right now. Thank you. Like a weird uncle. Maybe life is kind of like a Christmas party where Uncle Rowan, he does, he appears, you only see him once a year. So think about your life is like a daily Christmas party and there are some relatives there, feelings that you like um, and there's other relatives there um, that you don't like, but you've got to put up with them. So Uncle Rowan rocks up. You're like, oh, God, I don't have to talk to Uncle Rowan right now. So you can avoid him for most of the day. But you know, at some point you have to talk to Uncle Rowan. Bad th- bad thoughts and feelings. But you can also tell Uncle Rowan to get fucked if he crosses the line. Like, fuck off, Uncle Rowan. Stop being mean. Um, anyway, does, does that make sense? I think that there's something about that that makes sense. Because then Nana's there. And then, uh, then one year Nana's not there because Nana's died and that was an old thought or an old part of your life uh, that's like a thought in your day just going okay what's well, the end of that thought friendships i don't know god anyway uh who knows i might be able to uh, explore that further at, a, at another, another point anyway look thank you for all your support all your kindness all your love go off and bloody be be good people and be nice to each other and fuck you for bloody putting us potentially at war with uh, another country anthony albanese i used to love you but i don't know what you're doing anyway bye